Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Good morning, video games. Welcome once again to Filthy Casuals, a podcast about video games, hosted by three very kind and extremely knowledgeable boys. Thank you very much for joining us. My name is Tommy Dasselo, and with me, as always... G'day, Tommy. It's Ben Vanell here. Excited to be doing another episode of Filthy Casuals with you, where we talk uh, video games, pop culture... Video games, culture, news, tech, and podcasting tips and tricks. And joining us on this week's episode, it's the third member of the show. Welcome. That, if anyone's listening for the first time, they don't know that you're listing all that stuff to like deliberately make it sound like it won't be fun. <laughs> but it- <laughs> Look, it's not all untrue. In fact, you could say it's a very accurate description of the show. No, I know, but you always want to avoid giving an accurate description of your product unless you want to seem like a... Like, that's what home brand does or whatever. That's the home brand equivalent of a podcast where it'll describe itself that going like, uh, this this milk is pasteurized cow... Well, it's called milk. I should have thought of a different <laughs> thing. The actual product is called milk. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean, though. Now, you know what I'm getting. Tommy, at. I th- I think that at where how many episodes have we done? Two hundred and something, two hundred and thirty something. Nearly, nearly two fifty, I think. I don't mm. think that Adam quite understands that when I'm talking, I know he's about to talk next. So it's not like I don't think he's going to have. The opposite <laughs> opinion to whatever what? I'm saying. Why, why would I? Why would I think such a thing when regularly you speak about me in the as though I'm not here? <laughs> why would I ever come to that conclusion whilst you are currently talking as though you don't know that I'm in the virtual? It's room. happened again. It's happened again. It's beautiful. I love the the chemistry of this podcast. <laughs> we sure are three silly little boys. No one, no one in their right mind would be able to dispute that. But we are, of course, going to be giving an hour-long masterclass into the sacred art of podcasting. So if this is your first time listening, if you're thinking about starting one up yourself, this is the place to be, folks. By the end of this hour, you will have worked it all out thanks to our insider information about how to be the world's (laughs) greatest podcasters. Adam, anything to say about that? I don't even want to do it. I don't want to do it even pretending. The reason we're doing this... It's because we've been talking about how many people have started new podcasts. And if you want to do it, more power to you. But it's mm. like if all of a sudden everyone was just like, oh, I guess I'll be a baker. It's probably easy. I could probably just do it with a bit of flour. Yeah, I just buy then, the right flour. And then yum, all these yum, bakery, yum, I'm a baker. Bakery forums started up and everyone was like, what kind of oven should I buy? What kind of, what, uh, is there a budget <laughs> oven for new bakers? Uh, how should I, what should the layout of the bakery be? What kind of wallpaper yeah, yeah. should I have? And no one's like actually taking any cooking classes or has thought yeah. to ask themselves, am I good at baking? Um, yeah. so that's Do I even like bread? Anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just want yeah, to y- be a baker. You guys were talking last night in our group chat about the um, 
about the podcasting subreddit and I hadn't looked at it and then I found it I actually found it today by accident because I got a new laptop and the uh, one of the programs that I use to edit now no longer exists for like they just stopped updating it so I googled like mm. what's a good alternative to this program and the first result that came up was a thread on the podcasting subreddit and then I sent oh, yes. you guys a picture that was just incredible like the exact type of mic that Joe Rogan uses with a framed LeBron James jersey hanging on the wall behind it and then a bookshelf with a SpongeBob SquarePants Funko figure I mean honestly it just made me want to never talk into a microphone professionally again for the rest of my life just an awful an awful snapshot just looking at it and going that's me that's literally me like there's no yep. yeah. way of debating it I agree it's it's disgusting what Ira Glass's bedroom looked like in that photo. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> I was appalled. <laughs> um, the the way to do it is to uh, apply um, a, a compression, a multiband compressor to your file afterwards. The broadcast preset in uh, Adobe Audition is a uh, is is a useful one. Oh yeah, yeah. bitch! I've been doing that. There I've you go. This afternoon and loving it. Oh yeah. Let's do let's oh, let's do a, an actual guide on how to podcast. Um, spend a fair bit of money on your mixer or your uh, your interface. We all bought Zoom recorders because mm-hmm. they actually uh, work really well. They're super reliable. A cheap microphone. Zoom is in a brand three- of yeah. It's called yes. an H six, not like the not the uh, not the not the uh, this fucking thing. The video chat you service, know, the, yeah. The, the, the Zoom, yeah, yeah. The portable recorder. Um, I think all of our microphones would cost between 30 bucks and 50 bucks Australian, just a basic one. Brand name usually to ensure they're good quality. Um, headphones. The one I've got and I think the ones that Tommy has are called Shure, S-H-U-R-E. Mm-hmm. They're really good ones. Yeah, mine's a PV. Mine is a PV100. I've had it for like five or six years and it's been super reliable. Mm, um, a PV for honestly, BB. <laughs> yeah, that's why I bought it. Uh, honestly. Oh, and getting, like, to, you know, getting to... Learn Getting how to, to use PV audition. 100 was my dream when I was a teenager. <laughs> 100 <That's> my- <laughs> times? I can't imagine that. <laughs> um, yeah, learn how to use Audition or Audacity, uh, you know, as a free p- piece of software. Um, that's honestly all you need to know tech-wise. And then uh, the other side of it is um, be uh, good at talking. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's really it. Yeah, Knox, you and I do have the uh, the same brand, the Shaw microphone, which some people, if you're uh, if you're a live music aficionado, you may uh, recognise this brand of mic as being the choice of um, of uh, yeah live music venues back when they used to exist. The sort of setup you would have seen on stage <laughs> at the Tote, and I tell you what, it brings joy to my heart to podcast into the exact same equipment that Bat Piss would have been using in at the Curtain Band Room <laughs> yeah. back in the day. I poured. <laughs> I poured a, a little bit of a, a half a can of beer over my microphone yeah, yeah. just before this. Yeah, that's the difference the between me. Feel. That's the difference between me and you, Adam and Ben. Is that you and I are real rock dogs? Yeah. We want to have the, you know, we 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 live and breathe live music and and rock and roll, and we want to we want that to seep mm. into every facet of our lives. Whereas Ben's a little yep. more kind of probably his choice is the more tech savvy one, but it's just not the life you and I lead. I, I I believe mine is the microphone of choice for spoken word poetry. Uh, slam poetry <laughs> specifically, so it's the easiest microphone like to cut off if you're at the tech desk. You can abs- you can just turn <laughs> yes. it down to zero immediately. <laughs> 
The um, most important thing is to have an idea of what you want to do and have uh, years and years of experience in some sort of performance or public speaking role. Yeah, yeah, whether you're a lecturer, <laughs> is- teacher, uh, a comedian or politician, someone who professionally talks in front of other people so that they mm. know whether it's good or not. Um, I would say, you know, close to a decade of experience is preferable, so... Don't do, uh, you know what, as well, community radio is the thing I started doing and it is a way better way to learn how to do this sort of stuff than to just start your own podcast and then get like four episodes in, realize it's bad and then want to stop because you feel bad about it. Like Mm. you're going to feel bad about whatever you make first because it's going to be shit. Even if you're naturally good at it, which is very rare, you're going to make shit. And if it's not immediately that you'll make shit, it'll be like a little bit into it as you start mm. to pick up more skill and fill in the gaps of things you didn't realize you were doing wrong. Then you'll realize you were shit at it. So don't put it out in public. Don't try to promote yes. it. Don't try to make it like a big deal. Don't think, don't spend thousands and thousands of dollars yes. on creating a podcast studio because you think that that will be the thing that <laughs> pumps you up into the big time because nothing will at all for ages. There's no, (laughs) and you don't want it to happen for ages because every motherfucker who gets big real quick, you know, look at Macaulay Culkin. Do you want to be the Macaulay Culkin of podcasting? No. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, we still don't have a podcast studio. We still just record from from our kitchen tables. Nah. Mm. And it's the least important part of it for sure. Yes. Podcasts to have the smallest technical barrier between creating the thing and getting it in front of people. Mm. But don't focus on getting it in front of people for years and years. Yes. Yeah, I also think and one of the most... don't do it at all. And we're cancelling our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> There's no need. The, all this stuff has made me realise how little entertainment we truly need to exist. And, mm. like, the arts should, you know, be promoted and should be fostered through government programs and through people taking a punt on new things because you might get lucky but it is a gamble most of it's going to be shit the majority (laughs) of it will always be shit the majority of people who do it will always be shit at it and Mm. you've got to make that fucking breeding ground that gross primordial soup happen so that the things that people end up enjoying come out of it but like don't worry about that element of it just try to be good at it for fun and Mm. then you'll if, if the other stuff is possible it'll happen well, I, I can say from experience of having had it not happen. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't happen. You work really hard for like eight, nine years and then it, uh, it doesn't lead anywhere except to a podcast like this, which is yeah. uh, very fun and good. I also think one of the most important elements when starting a podcast is to pick a theme and decide what you want the podcast to be about and then stick to it. Um, don't mm, just decide rigidly. week to week. That you're going to spend 10 minutes just talking about something completely unrelated to what it says on the box of your show that you're going to be doing. That would be yeah. just yeah. an insane decision. <laughs> completely agreed. If the first portion of your show is always a tangential portion, keep it that way. I completely agree with you, Tommy. <laughs> yeah, we have the Simpsons uh, episode structure. We talked about the Simpsons on one of our Patreon episodes recently. We always start yes. with an unrelated discussion that leads right. into yeah. somehow what the episode mm. actually is about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Homer um, built a podcast studio and then through building that podcast studio, the guy that installed the sound baffling on the wall let him mm-hmm. know that The Last of Us 2 now has a new <laughs> updated release date and he's very excited about that. And this the is rest a real of the like season is 28. <laughs> yeah. This is a, this yeah, is yeah. a late yeah. Simpsons episode. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> um, yeah, fuck The Last of Us 2. Uh, well, I think what we, we this sort of went back and forth a few times without actually getting specifically announced, but we suspected it might get pushed later than this. I think we all were kind of pleasantly mm. surprised at this being when it's actually coming out. So what's the new what's the current it's, date? Remind me again. The 19th of June is when The Last of Us 2 will be released. Right. Which so, is I think 3 weeks. Yeah. Later than it was originally going to be. Yeah, I don't get it. When they their reason for pushing it back, they said at the time was COVID-19 related. Uh, it meant that they weren't, because shops are closed mostly, they weren't going to be able to launch it in the way that they wanted to. It meant that everyone wasn't going to have the, the launch experience that they wanted people to have. That's right. And so given that that was the reason, it, it sounded to me at least, certainly like we'd be looking at November, given that given what their reasons were, it, it's, it seemed mm. reasonable to assume that they would be delaying it until um, things were kind of starting to get back to normal. So for it to be delay it into a time period that it seems at this stage things will be more or less the same as they are now and as they would have been when the game was meant to launch i don't quite mm. i don't quite get it i don't understand I, they they must have just actually not known what it would mean for their production of the discs or for their distribution of it or whatever the issue was they must have actually have had a big question mark and not been like oh mm. when we we know when it'll happen but we're not going to let you know that it'll be november it, right. it surely was a proper question mark and they were able to get it sorted out pretty rapidly i wonder mm-hmm. if i you know it it's it is crazy three weeks is such a small gap to make such a fuss i don't want to say fuss because you know it's obviously because of a real reason but yeah because like the, to, to, they said in, an indefinite delay, which like that is a huge announcement. That that made mm. would have made everyone think this is an end of the year sort of situation, which changes right. pre order situation. Like people might have been getting refunds and stuff like that, changing you know the way that they were approaching buying this game at all. Uh, which they again, gave everyone they gave everyone who had pre ordered it on the PlayStation Store a refund, right? right. Which is which crazy. is insane. Yeah, because I think we we were thinking like, oh, okay, shops are going to be closed or at least you can't go into them or you can only go into them, you know, one by one and it's not going to be lines mm-hmm. stretching down the street. They just won't allow that. But in terms of physical sales, Amazon is still functioning. Like every online delivery service is working overtime. So discs are still going to be able to get to people. It's not just a digital release, which surely they had to have already thought about. Like, I don't know what's changed. And even if it hadn't have been the case that people could get discs, a digital release wouldn't have mattered, probably. If it was going to be three weeks after the retail thing, it would have been a big move. It would have been a new thing for a game this large to release digitally first or something like that. Mm. But I think in the long run, they Mm. probably would have stood to make more money from it, at least in Australia, because the, the gap between how much a game costs new digitally and how much a game costs you physically is huge yes in the physical versions favor in terms of the physical one is cheaper so mm. I'd, I'd have bought it digitally if it was coming out earlier digitally yeah, yeah for the convenience i would have paid 99 bucks on day one to have it and to play yeah. it um man if i and if they had not announced it was coming out three weeks later on on physical release I don't think I would have been bothered. I, I don't think I would have minded about the $20 difference personally. I know no. that that's not the same for everyone else, but yeah, I, I would have been fine with it. 
I suspect that maybe it's something to do with potentially they were thinking, okay, we'll bring this out in, you know, think things will kind of be starting to get back to normal end of the year. So we'll launch it then, mm-hmm. you know, retail stores will be reopened. It'll, it'll, you know, it'll all be a lot easier. And then maybe as a bit more time has gone on that, you know, maybe they've started to look at it and think, you know what, that's kind of, maybe that's unlikely. You know, maybe maybe they're just oh. sort of seeing the writing on the wall, which does seem to be a thing that, uh, you know, a lot of people have been talking about potentially that, you know, you keep hearing that this thing could stretch on a lot longer than people think. So, you know, so maybe they sort of went, if we're waiting for the perfect moment to bring this out in, in you know, the, the closest approximation of, you know, how things used to be, we could be waiting a fucking long time. So, you know, why wait until November to have to just delay it again because everything's still the same? Let's just do it in the three weeks time. You know, maybe they just completely reconsidered, yeah. you know, this, this, this idealised view that they had that they'd be able to do it exactly how they wanted to. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I feel kind of dumb for not uh, having thought of that, to be honest. Like, I think that's got to be it, surely. They're not thinking, oh, everything's going to be back to normal in, in mid... Like, that's... It must be that. It must be... We've just got to get this out. We we can't let the financial quarter tick over into the next one and not have the earnings mm. that we've promised. We right, have to yeah. just sell this game. I'm sure that's a big part of it, too. Because also, they're, they're, a, they're an American company where, you know, this thing is pretty fucking wild so that that's mm. probably influencing a lot too like where you know it, it anyway let's not go too deep into the the realities of the long-term effects of this but anyway um so there's another part to this story as well where um yeah as this got announced then a whole lot of uh details of the story have been leaked online by a uh disgruntled uh ex naughty dog employee I believe so. I think the story is that this person was um, maybe a tester or like some sort of contractor who hadn't been paid. And that was their reason for putting out this pretty comprehensive leak that none of the three of us have seen. Um, and no. we won't obviously spoil. Um, that goes over, you know, pretty detailed stuff about the story and does seem to be a full on. Uh, if you read this, you know the full story of The Last of Us. Yeah. Too. Fuck, Brutal. and, and so, this is this is not this is like yeah this individual person seems to be, uh, you know, angry about not getting their compensation for their work. But there was what broader information coming out about overall bad working conditions, continued crunch. Like, I think that was also part of this story. Is that right? Similar stuff to what we've heard about Naughty Dog in the past as well. That they yeah. are pretty uh, pretty brutal with uh, what they expect of the people working for them. So. Uh, you know, uh, understandable that people would want that to change. Pretty weird way to go about it, in my opinion, to, um, you know, try and <laughs> yeah. fuck over the people. I mean, yes, it'll probably mean, and people are saying like, well, I'm cancelling my pre-order order, but whatever, people say anything about any situation. Um, yeah. But anyone who pre-orders a game and then cancels it is going to pre-order it again. That's just the kind of person they are. I, I, I'm not a Possibly. pre-orderer. <laughs> I just yeah, I the the people that you know damages in terms of I it people people will be upset if they see these leaks. I I don't want to see them, but I also mm. kind of do want to because I want to pull the trigger myself. You know, I don't want to be looking over <laughs> yeah. my shoulder and have the fucking the hitman do it. 
So just people- wear a bulletproof vest. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll forget how to read or something like that will be able to help. I, I am avoiding, I've muted some words on Twitter and shit. Mm. I, even thinking now, just expressing this out loud will mean that someone tries to get them to me somehow. Yeah, I was which, thinking oh, that. Yeah. I was, uh, as soon as we started talking about it, I had that uh, <laughs> real real paranoia. <laughs> yeah, so Nox, you've mentioned not. before that you think that, uh, that, you'd, that you'd muted the keywords and stuff. I think, Ben, you may have said, I I have seen that kind of put around a lot, like be careful on Twitter. And it, I don't know, maybe I just don't follow that much stuff on Twitter related to games, but I, ha- I haven't really felt like at any point that I'm at risk of um, stumbling across something that I don't want to see on the timeline. Well, people, people are posting these spoilers in like the comments on unrelated posts on other PlayStation stuff or anything uh. else as well. People are uh, trying to get them out there. It was the same right. way back when um, whichever Harry Potter book it was where... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. a major character died it feels silly to have to it was 15 years ago but <laughs> yeah. yeah people were like driving past random crowds of people and fucking yelling it out and whatever so right it's the yeah, same fuck. thing and even if it does happen whatever stories aren't necessarily ruined just because you know what's going to happen in them so it's yeah. it sucks but it happens all the time and it's just a shame that it's six weeks that we've got to try and dodge this sort of information mm. for Mm, yeah but it's good but, that it's not a full I mean, year the, and a half or whatever it seemed like it potentially totally was. yeah yeah so yeah big uh big silver lining there that we uh we, i think we yeah we'd kind of all um i think we're starting to uh, you know discuss the possibility of like no real big aaa triple uh, a stuff on the horizon to really look forward to for a little while now mm. um so yeah definitely very nice to have that back on the on the slate for the, yeah, so for the upcoming months. That's 19th of June and then Ghost of Tsushima got moved to 17th of July. Yeah, right. And then right. there's from another when? game coming out from 29th of June or something like that. It was in June somewhere. Not, not It got oh, pushed okay. back a little. Um, right. And they also, within the last few hours here, and I think by the time this goes up or not far after, there'll be like a full reveal of it, but they showed um, this Australian artist called Boss Logic uh making in photoshop the like kind of key art for a new assassin's creed game uh it's yeah. called valhalla set in the viking times and it was really weird this they did this hours and hours long photoshop stream of him making this art and for whatever reason i i dipped in and out of it a little to just have a look at it him he copied a belt buckle and just moved it and rotated it and put it on the other side of the guy's armor. So the guy had two belt buckles. And I was like, oh, oh. fucking, it's easy to be an artist. Anyone can start a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Something about that move, it felt like he was cheating and getting and like being exposed for it. I was like, well, he has to draw a new belt buckle, surely. Like, of course, a belt Multiple buckles belt buckles. Same. Did he, he must have designed Kingdom Hearts and a lot of anime stuff. Just belt buckles <laughs> all over the fucking shop. Just copy paste, copy belt paste. That's city. all they had to do. I mean, I could see why they yeah. got drunk with power in those games because it's as easy as Control C, Control V. That's all you have to fucking do. And I don't know, that was really weird to me for some reason. But um, yeah, it. it I've done that a- with stuff I've illustrated before and felt absolutely disgusting about it. Really, <laughs> really felt like a fucking fraud that I couldn't be bothered to draw this, just, this same thing just twice. I mean, it, it, uh, it's always bothered being about musicians that they just get to play the same songs again and again. I, I, but 
that's always bothered me for some reason that people put up with that. Um, and then the like in the film industry, if you had one shot of Harrison Ford going like yes. And then you copy pasted that to when he needs to say yes again later in the movie. <laughs> you just flip it, flip it horizontally. Yeah, just give him like a little CGI mustache or something because it's been some time. And it, 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 you'd be furious at that movie, but for whatever reason here, no one gives a shit about the belt buckle on a piece of art for Final. No, I mean for Assassin's Creed. Yeah, but, uh, what, are but you to guys be fair, in the, just quickly to be fair, it. Knox, I've I've seen you do um, stand up material about being single and depressed, well into being in a relationship. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I understand that I'm a hypocrite. It's the things that we see <laughs> and dislike about ourselves that we hate the most in others. <laughs> right, yes, right, right. Yes, yeah, this yeah. is true. This is um, true. Are you guys interested in this game though? Um, sure. I am. What did you think? Yeah, what did you think of the other, the most recent two, the two rebooted, refreshed Assassin's Creeds? Who are you talking to? <laughs> have you not played them, Tommy? I was giving you a chance to jump in no. here. Oh, okay. No, I have. I've never played an Assassin's Creed, but I, you know, oh, I still remember never any of them. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember you guys and uh, other people uh, being positive about the last couple, and mm. I, I like Viking stuff, so I'm. I'm into this. Yeah. Nice. I was okay I, I, with I, those other two. but um, Yeah, I remember liking them a lot more than the, the previous ones in the series. They're not games that have stayed with me, though, at all. No. And I don't think I finished them. Like, Same they as were most impressive. of the other ones in the series where they just they go on a bit much. They, they are a little padded, over-padded, a little bloated. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think that the, the early ones are the ones that were like actually restricted to a smaller area which meant the areas were much more detailed and the things that you had to do in them had purpose like pretty much everything that you were doing even if it was just running around on rooftops that was always really really fun i guess that's also something that these new ones aren't really focused on the big cities the vertical sort of exploration it's mostly just riding horses around big fields and shit no they're a lot closer to like the witcher than they are to those original assassin mm. creed assassin's creed games and whatever they, they they were both you know good and um i'm happy to see them have a crack at another one i feel like there's been a lot of a lot of nordic stuff come out in the last few years yeah Cause like there's got god of war hellblade yeah i guess th- there was something else that had a bunch of uh nordic things in it lately the fuck was that? Man, I don't remember. But whatever it was, that was the number three on the list. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, that example of how many of them there are that you can definitely there, bring to mind. Oh, there was something. What the fuck was it? I was playing Donkey something. Donkey Kong like, oh. Tropical Freeze? Nah, nah. Oh, uh, the God. movie Thor? Was no. it the movie Thor? No, that doesn't have any of it in it. They're aliens. <laughs> They're fucking. Oh, this is gonna piss me off forever. I'm I never gonna feel get the over same this. Way. I kind of feel the same way. I also can't think of what it is. <clears throat> there was and something. There's... <laughs> and there's no way of googling it either. It's such an abstract <laughs> thought. I just yeah. typed in Nordic recent... games. Yeah, recent 
Nordic video ah, Fucking games. THQ Nordic. I forgot about those kids. <laughs> <laughs> They're really trying to spatter into this. Games with <laughs> Yeah, it really dominates the first page of the Google results, doesn't it? It really, really clogs it up. Uh, <laughs> not who is Nordic Games. What are Nordic Games? Maybe I was thinking of Age of Mythology. Yeah, guys, not why. just anyone can start a podcast. You've got to have some kind of skill <laughs> of being able to talk and not be easily distracted and stick to the task at hand. Skyrim, natural chemistry with no article. weird pauses. <laughs> uh, maybe I'm thinking of Skyrim. Anyway, whatever it is, the, the Assassin's Creed Valhalla is a is a Viking based game. It'll same as um, Odyssey, I reckon, be the same sort of tone of mainly playing it historical or whatever. But then you get some <laughs> weird fun things where there's the Nord Nordic gods and things like that. So yeah, yeah, right, yeah, cool, whatever. It, I think this had been leaked ages ago. That that this was not a surprise. Um, Right. not a terrible direction to take that new style of Assassin's Creed game and hopefully they can, you know, make the best version yeah. of that type of game that they can. I guess it's still the same issue or the same difference from the, the previous ones that I actually loved, like really loved, is there's not going to be a lot of buildings. There's going to be a lot of, mm. uh, of longboats, a lot of huts, uh, a lot of trees, but... Like that sort of renaissance era of the Assassin's Creed games were fantastic because you were climbing around rooftops. It's why Watch Dogs 2 was better than it had any right to be because it was like really fun and fluid and exciting vertical traversal stuff, which was what the series was built on. I think that for me that stuff never had that much of an impact though because what you were doing in real terms was just holding R and walking forward and it was all visual flash really. There wasn't a huge amount of yeah, difference yeah. in walking on flat land in ancient Viking times or walking on a rooftop in Vienna. Like, what's the real difference there? It's the, the sound of a tile and the, the look mm-hmm. on an Italian man's face when he looks up and he's like, whoa, are you up there? That's all you're getting different, so... <laughs> yeah, but what you see is pretty important in a video game. It's also the feeling of of running around on rooftops and jumping off, like diving into hail bales. Like, it, it was that feeling that it, uh, that sort of stuff effectively, um, uh, I think, you know, gave. I ju- it just never really worked for me with those games where the feeling was always me going like, yeah, I guess I'm moving forward again, but this time it, there's an eagle going... And I landed in yeah, a hay bale. Yeah, the eagle going cries is key. I, I definitely preferred <laughs> the type of game that these newer Assassin's Creeds were to any any of the... I really liked two, and then the rest of them after that just got a little repetitive for me and a little just, um, I don't know, dull. But then these ones, it, it's a, it's an interesting way of playing a game. I like the genre that it's in, but they also just have both been a little flat or or uninspired or something they just it, not it's not their expertise like yeah. if if uh, CG, CD project red had made those games they would have been incredible games probably and they are still very very good but you're right i i and i completely agree there's something about the gameplay or something about the way it's portraying the world or the story that is not quite there it's it an feels, 8 out of 10 at best rather than a yeah. 10 out of 10 at best I it think. feels like it's spread too thin or something like that so maybe they mm. pair it back and, and and they deliver with this one 
I hope so at least because the other option yeah. is to just play a whole bunch of remasters forever but if you do do that hey you can still at least spend 600 fucking dollars on a on a remaster of a not particularly yeah. well received PS2 game <laughs> yeah <laughs> this is bizarre destroy destroy all humans is getting a $600 Australian collector's edition that has a fucking backpack in the shape of the alien. It looks like the alien is hugging your back and it's got a statue. And if you buy it, then you immediately have half of your possessions removed from you and redistributed throughout the rest of society. <laughs> As it should be. It's too... It's, Except it's you're, cra- I, you're forced to keep that collector's edition as yeah. a reminder. Who Why even f- this happened? It's branded on your arm that you bought it. Yeah. I don't understand, mm. A, who the base version of this remaster is for. I don't... Nobody right. liked Destroy All Humans back in the day. No one gave a shit about them when they were new. Yeah. And this is just an empty remaster of it. And for some reason, people... Uh, whatever. <laughs> it is very it, strange. Yeah. Yeah. Another um another weird uh, remake that's coming up soon that I, I think I'm actually going to go in on in the middle of June. There uh they've d- they've done a remake of SpongeBob SquarePants Battle for Bikini Bottom uh, from like 2002 or whatever because it's because it's really really popular with the speedrunning community for for whatever reason. So yeah, intense Man. fan pressure has led them to uh to to reheat that one. And I got to tell you. I'm going in and I'm looking forward to it. Nah. Running around oh, as SpongeBob yeah. under the ocean. I can't wait, dude. I'm going to have a Fuck fucking ball. SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> because Whoa. there are, and I don't understand why there are so Say many. Say that to the Funko Pop that's sitting behind me. <laughs> <laughs> I am directly saying it to that Funko Pop and to every fucking million <laughs> memes that have been made using SpongeBob shit for some reason. I hate seeing it pop up. I hate seeing his dumb little face. I hate his fucking mm. pink friend. I hate every grey one of them. <laughs> that grey one with the big nose. I hate the crab. Every single one of those cunts keeps popping up for some reason. In like, I don't know. It doesn't seem like people are trying to be ironic and going like, look, it's SpongeBob here. It just seems like this weird mm. level of I haven't grown up that I fucking despise for some reason. And I don't want a remaster well, of it because one- that's the same thing. That's Grey the same feeling the that makes people get here. those remasters. There's some big delay between I, me and Ben here because we have interrupted each other like 16 times during this. Yeah, I think both <laughs> about you, your connection is like on on yellow. Your bars are yellow. I've so, got fantastic internet though. I know, and Tommy and I have been fine. I don't your know computer what it is. is is tied to a can that that has a string that heads down towards the. The, the exchange I know for a fact Your internet can't measure up To the size of my dick <laughs> I know I'm getting NBN soon I've been waiting for it It's supposed to come in May That's tomorrow I'm very excited um, But for now I am using a tin can situation Anyway it's fine <coughs> Fuck remasters Fuck these empty remasters At the very least Fuck Spongebob Don't give them any money Tommy How dare you <laughs> Just emulate Well can I just can I just say, Adam, you're being a real Squidward at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably the I best agree one. With you. I agree with you on the meme. Th- I agree with you on the meme thing. Yeah. Though. I, I don't, I'm yeah. not into that. So I, I, yeah, him just popping up in memes every, every three seconds is, is annoying. 
I'll I'll yeah. I'll concede that point. Thank you. But I th- I like the show. <laughs> I, I used to watch it. <coughs> I used to watch it when I was like slightly too old to watch it, and uh, I found it very very funny. But that's I haven't watched thing. it in years. There's heaps of shit when, that I liked when I was a kid that I don't do. It. Like you can like stuff when you're a kid, that's fine. But if you're still sucking your mum's tits when you're fucking 28, <laughs> then there's a problem. <laughs> You've got to move on at some point. You have to change. I mean, it's, it's hard to disagree with that argument. It really <laughs> is. Really it really, really is. <laughs> I don't that think logic. I'm quite willing to go on the record. <laughs> <laughs> but that logic could be applied to the entire pursuit of playing video games every week. So we've got to yeah. tread carefully here, boys. Yeah. Nah, not the case. Uh, I don't want to go into why, but there's a good reason. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, there's a game that has been out for uh, a little while on PC, PS4 and Xbox called Indivisible uh, that launched on the Nintendo Switch this week. Um, Mm. But what's interesting about it is that the developer had no idea that this was happening. Um, it, it went live on the Switch eShop. The developer tweeted like, hey, maybe you were surprised to see this come out on the Switch without an announcement from us or like a launch video or anything like that. And uh, we were surprised by this as well. Uh, so the port was being handled by someone else and then they just put it live without these uh, original developers knowing that that was going to be happening. They've also put a slightly older build of the game out mm. on the Switch. So they've like since... Patched it a handful of times on PS4 and added New Game Plus and all this stuff. So the Switch version currently does not have that. So they're el- the, the original developers are um, a little bit miffed by that. And so between that and like kind of this, you know, Cooking Mama release from the other mm. week that we were talking about, it, it feels like deve- with COVID-19 coming in, developers everywhere are just going rogue and just just chucking games out whenever they feel like it, whether or not they've got permission to or whether anyone knows that it's happening. They're, it's the Wild West at the moment. There must have been a few offices in, in all sorts of different fields, but with video games in particular, you can see see the results of these. But mm. I reckon there would have been some offices where people were going like, what are they going to do, fucking come around here? Ah, put it out. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah. Right. <laughs> I want to, yeah, I, I, I'm kind of distracted. I, I'm just like, I'm playing video. I'm, I'm hanging out with my family. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I don't want to be working. So let's just tick it off, hit send, hit publish, and I'm going to go uh, make a pizza. It's, mm-hmm. it's, mm-hmm. it is bizarre. I mean, the, it's probably one of those situations and I haven't really looked into this. Maybe you can tell me if I'm wrong, Tommy, where the, the publisher owns the rights to this ship rather than the developer. So it's the same as like, you know, they put out, here's Prince's unreleased recordings. Well, yeah, Prince didn't want to fucking release him, did he? But mm. he doesn't own them anymore so and never technically did. So I guess everyone's got free reign to peck at yeah. the corpse. I don't, yeah, I, I don't know what the exact case is, but yeah, it, pro- it, it maybe is something like that or, or just bad communication where they, you know, they're meant to have let them know. Because it's not, I mean, this isn't an old re-release or remaster or whatever it's it's been mm. out on another console for like a year and it just took them a little bit extra time to work on a on a switch port like it, it is still kind of relatively within the same time frame mm. um but uh but yeah strange strange story um haven't played the game don't know if i'll go uh, it, it looks all right i don't know i haven't really heard much much about it one way or the other it's like a uh kind of fighting game-ish RPG or like a, it's a tactical RPG thing kind of like with with 
combat-y elements similar to a fighting game, I believe, but I also have not played it. So I yeah, it looks like it could anything. be kind of an interesting blend. <laughs> Another game I haven't really played and uh, an artist I have no real opinion on, but um, I'll bring up anyway. I just watched the Travis Scott um, concert oh, yeah. in Fortnite. It was fucking really good. Mm. Really? Yeah, it was really cool. It's just 10 minutes long. It's all like studio recordings of his songs. It's not a concert. It is uh, just the the tracks as you would listen to them on Spotify. Some different mm. ones kind of mixed together to make this 10 minute long concert. But the main thing of which is that it kicked off in like the whatever match you were in at the time. It was like, all right, put your fucking guns down. Come watch Travis Scott. And <laughs> there's like a little stage <laughs> set up there. And everyone goes up to it. There's this big sort of Stargate looking thing with a with a portal mm-hmm. behind it. And uh, it sort of builds up for a few minutes. And then this kind of planet heads towards it uh, and explodes through the stage and flings everyone back, way back into the world. And then there's a giant Travis Scott dancing around, <laughs> walking around like fucking a million feet high. He was <laughs> too big, if anything. A million feet is so big. That's 300,000 meters. It's too much. Mm. And he was terrifying. And I got, I cried watching this video because of how afraid I was of this giant Travis Scott. <laughs> but no, he's just dancing around and like they have, they make just like an animated kind of music video where the sky changes color and all these big uh, holograms are dancing around and you start moving around as he like rocks the earth. And it was fucking cool. You went underwater at one point. Oh. I liked it. Yeah, I like I like Travis Scott, and I I, I did see mm. that announced and thought it kind of made me wish I um I played Fortnite because it did seem like yeah if you if you're into it it's like that's a, such a cool idea having this cool yeah. little concert happen and I liked that it they only they did it like four four times over the week they kind of tried to do it stagger it so that each kind of time zone could could get it at a time that right. was um convenient for them so you you know it's like not having a be on at four in the morning or whatever but um yeah super cool idea they've done it before they did one with pitbull i think but i hadn't really paid attention but um yeah he came out of the gates with sicko mode it was a little bit (laughs) weird that i really did think it was like a performance i thought they had a live stream of this person whoever's doing the performance that time you know actually Mm. doing something but it isn't it's just it's mp3s of their songs playing so Whatever, right, that's right. fine. I guess you can't get, uh, you know, you can't expect Travis Scott to get up at four in the morning US time so that the fucking Brits can have a watch of him. <laughs> but, yeah, someone posted in our Patreon Facebook group about a, a guy who's doing a a talk show in Animal Crossing. So he's built mm. like in in the basement of his house in Animal Crossing. He's built a little TV studio, and I watched a little bit of it, and it's it's. You go, how will this work? And well, the way that it works is he's done it. So he's playing the game and he's got a guest around who's sitting on the couch in this studio. But then he's also voice chatting with them as he's, yeah. as their screen recording of what's going. So it's kind of like, uh, it's just kind of like a podcast with a semi interesting visual chucked yeah, over it. That like is it's all not, it is. It was Gary yeah. Witter who yeah. did it, who wrote Rogue One. Um, right. And used to be a video games journalist before that. I guess the appeal of the Travis Scott thing isn't that you're listening to him live. It's that you're listening to him with a bunch of other people. Like a lot of the, the fun stuff that's happening throughout the COVID sort of situation is 
people using technology to like hang out, to have mm. trivia nights, to watch movies together. Yeah. I think that's the appeal of it, or at least that sounds like the appeal of it to me. And, and it does and sound like it was a very cool presentation as well. Yeah, it, 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 was, it was really well done. It was very um, high quality, I guess is my mm. full review of it, is that the quality, <laughs> in my opinion, was high. But no, that thing of all being in the same thing together, like um, my mum never used to really like Netflix, never would mm. really watch anything because she would say, oh, she knows other people are watching. If she's watching it on TV then she knows other people are watching at the same time mm. and it feels like right. she's doing things with other people. But it's gotten more into right. Netflix now because people around her have started doing it. Now you can still kind of watch it with other people. So, yeah, yeah. cool. I did not not my cup of tea to have be forced to go somewhere at a certain time. You have to drag me to do these things. But, I, <laughs> you know, good good for the people who enjoy it and it looked really cool. Yeah. Is your mum uh, getting into the Michael Jordan doco? Just walking down the street, giving people facts about Dennis Rodman. I wish that'd be great. Do you know what? I had um, yeah. I had a moment where I was just kind of watching the rain out of my window the other day, and I can see into yes. other people's apartments from my from where I am. And oh boy, I saw someone's TV in another apartment, and I saw him or her flick through some different options, close a couple of apps, go back in. And land on jumping into the Michael Jordan documentary, and it, I I felt so much like, oh fuck yes, you're in for a good time, mate. Well done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> good pick. Yeah, yes. great. <laughs> Seeing someone getting in on the ground floor of that was a really special moment for me. <laughs> then I watched. That, but that fuck. is, I mean, that's such a big, <laughs> that's such a big like Netflix and like documentary event. This like you know very incredibly well produced documentary about like one of the greatest sportsmen of all time. It's 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 funny to kind of land on it, land on watching it after a bit of back and forth. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> to not just be like, boom, yeah. the MJ doco. I'm chucking it on to kind of be like scrolling around, like, yeah, yeah I guess I'll give this a go. That's, like it's the that, new Adam Sandler this? movie on there no, or something. Who's this <laughs> Jordan <laughs> guy. That's exactly <laughs> what I do. Him, but they make him sound pretty interesting. <laughs> the, the the order and the the how I landed on doing it because I did exactly that. I was like, oh really? man, I've, I'm hearing people talk about MG. Maybe I watch Space Jam. Oh, I can't find it. Oh, there's <laughs> Looney Tunes back in action with Brendan Fraser. Oh, this movie isn't very good. Yeah, yeah. I didn't watch it with the, when I was a kid, so I'm not enjoying it. I guess I'll go back out. There's The Mummy with Brendan Fraser. I watched the entirety of that. I finished that. Yeah, I watched that then, last night. <laughs> <laughs> then uh, I'm not still still not satisfied with the the Space Jam thing. Watch the MJ doco. It's fucking great. If you haven't watched it, give it a watch. Can I give another yeah. recommendation? Of things for people to do, mm -hmm. yeah. I've been of playing, been playing Gears Tactics. Yes, fresh out on Game Pass. Yeah, uh, it's only on PC at the moment, um, but it is on Steam and other stuff. If you don't have Game Pass or want it, uh, there's an Xbox version coming down the track. But I've been playing the yeah the version on the PC on Game Pass, and it's really fun. I'm enjoying it. It is straight up and down. If you played those new XCOM games, it is one of those just shamelessly lifted absolutely ripped straight off of them but whatever <laughs> that's allowed in video games for whatever reason it's called a genre not a not a uh, bit of plagiarism um it kind of walks a bit of a middle ground line between the complexity and the difficulty of something like XCOM and then the other side of the coin which was like Mario and Rabbids it's reminding me a lot of that um yeah, it's right. the same genre 
but uh, it, you're doing exactly what you would imagine you're doing in those games. If you haven't played one, that means you've got a squad of people. They each have different abilities. You move them around a map uh, in a turn-based fashion to try and beat another uh, group, which is all your enemies. It's pretty simple. It's pretty easy to get the hang of, but then it's very complex in uh, how much it's... Um, the, the, the tactical scope that you have not attached to your gun. I mean, the scope of the tactics you can use. <laughs> oh my we, God. we have a good time on this podcast. If you get a road <laughs> um, procaster. <laughs> uh, and the baffling. Don't, don't forget the buy, baffling. You've got to strap up any some piece baffling. of tech that has the word <laughs> podcasting or casting in the title. That is a key. <laughs> right, Nothing yeah, that's marketed yeah. to podcasters. Do not that, buy. That is actually a good point. You should buy mm. things that are marketed to professional podcasters. That's what you need to get. Yes. Mm. If it doesn't have the yes. word professional in there, you're never going to make it big. Um, <laughs> Dress for the job you want. Yeah, always wear a suit when you podcast. That is rule number one. <laughs> yes. You better. It, it's best if you're feeling uncomfortable and ill at ease. That's the kind of mentality you want to be going into doing a podcast. Anyway. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a good number of different abilities and different types of units and, and uh, options that you have. I have been feeling like I um, am doing something that I have creatively come up with and then I feel is clever to win, which is the feeling you want these things to give you. I mean, yeah, I'm probably yeah. not. I'm doing exactly what I should be doing and what the game has pushed me to doing. But I feel like it's got that good sort of tactical feeling of playing chess where you have set up something, you've drawn them into a trap that you created and then you're pulling it off um, because you enjoyed it so much. And I am really enjoying it. It looks nice. It's got the dumbass gears, um, trappings to it, the visuals, uh, the, you know, the art design fits and the sound is good. The story and the acting are fucking terrible, but like in the sort of way where you're like, oh, go on then. Okay, yeah, all right. Of course he's, a, of course he's that big. Of course, he's fucking huge. <laughs> yeah, I don't need to see his neck. I believe you. I nah, good. Um, Surely, all of the units in Gears of War Tactics are big units, Nox. They're, they're all fucking units. units. <laughs> you got a squad of absolute fucking units. Absolute fucking units. <laughs> when it, it genuine when when you were starting a game, it, most games would say select, choose your units. Please select your units, and mm. Gears just says. Pick your absolute units. That would actually be <laughs> fucking sick if you had like a British mob that game that called them yeah. fucking units. <laughs> yeah, Get it's, it's, it's not even a. It's not even a direction. It just says up the top of the screen, size of these fucking things. <laughs> like, yes. What am I meant to be doing at this point of the game? I don't understand. Yeah. Does that mean he's just, a healer? Just what class is that? Just. <laughs> 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 um. I am liking it. It's uh, if you're not into that type of game, it's no different to any of the others. So you know, steer clear, I guess. But if you do have Game Pass, it's free to give it a go. So why mm. not? And um, yeah, mm -hmm. I, it, it's it's not too complicated, not too difficult, not too easy either. Just a, a real a real nice little sweet spot, traditional old school feeling kind of PC game. I'm liking it. Sounds it fun. Sounds it sounds kind of like a good entree to this genre because there are people... I think Mario Plus Rabbids was as well, but there's obviously a lot of people who don't have Nintendo Switches. It sounds like this could be... And yeah, if you have the uh, Game Pass, this yeah. is a great way to find out. Maybe you might like this kind of game. 
if you if you like shooters and you and you played a lot of gears and you've not really dabbled into this exactly perfect little mm. turning point for you to give it a go because it, it has all of I, I really like the way that they've translated all of like the the things that are from gears of war as well like just the different guns that are in that and like the ability to chainsaw cunts and that sort of thing that is how mm -hmm. it was written in the game mm -hmm. as well it was called chainsaw this cunt mm -hmm. that was the tutorial prompt <laughs> and yes the enemies and all the the gears stuff in the way of like when they do like an adapted board game of a movie or a book or something like that and you go oh that's yep. clever how they changed this thing from the thing i like into being a mechanic now they did that in a clever way or a cute way this has that the whole way through it so i'm yeah i'm not finished it yet but i i'm, I'm enjoying it cool nice. yeah i'm looking uh, forward I've to it playing out on xbox yeah yeah i'm definitely going to give it a pop uh i've been playing a couple of games uh the first one is, I think I mentioned these at the end of last week's episode, Cloudpunk. I've been playing, it was just released on Steam. Um, I think it was in early access for a little while. Uh, and maybe it should have stayed in early access for a little longer. Because it's oh. a little, yeah, uh, it's, not quite, it's not quite fully cooked, I don't think. Um, they did release a patch, but when I was playing it, it was very, very stuttery. I think they might have had issues with view distance, you know, settings and stuff like that. But for a low um, graphical fidelity game, it was running like shit. Uh, wow. Also... One of the other things that I did note in their in their patch notes, and I haven't been able to play it yet, it was I was going to play it again today, and the first thing I saw was like, "Oh, we've got an update; you have to download." But there's some really weird stuff going on with the dialogue. So this game is basically imagine sort of like you know the Futurama. I think it's New York City where there's like an upper, you know, up in the clouds is all the skyscrapers and stuff, and there is like a lower versions of the city it's very very vertical same as sort of like the fifth element if you've seen that movie sort of a lot mm -hmm. of up and down sort of driving around um future cyberpunk sort of city uh you're a delivery driver with like a sort of semi-interesting mysterious past you sort of moved from the country and you need money quick and <laughs> you i don't Damn, know you're like that's so interesting <laughs> whenever i meet a dude and he's mean, like yeah i'm from bendigo <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you play an open mic who's <laughs> moved to the city. <laughs> uh, it's sort of implied that there are there are unexplained or there are there are extra layers to to your character. You're sort of a bit of a blank slate at the start, and there's sort of yeah implications of like what's actually what's your past, what's going on, and it's basically from what I've played, um, like your sort of GTA taxi missions career stuff of like yeah deliver this package or maybe this package actually has a, is a bomb. Um, but it's all set in this sort of very atmospheric cyberpunk nighttime sort of uh, uh, atmosphere and situation. I'm not a huge fan of the choice of the graphic style. It's very blocky. It's sort of Minecrafty. It's a lot of those free to play games have this sort of very polygonal but sort of smooth sort of cubey style, which I'm not a fan mm -hmm. of at all. Um, but the use of sort of lighting and stuff is great. All the neon signs is very, yeah, visually kind of cool. Um, but the dialogue is, and I, th I think they've explained this in the patch notes, it was set up to unfold. It has voice acting and it has, you know, uh, subtitles and captions. But they put in really big pauses between the lines because they've translated all of it into a bunch of different languages. Oh. And in the translation, they've allowed time for people to 
figure it to, to, to read it, to come to grips with the translation. They're assuming that people are having to read through the, the captions. But it, it means there is a weird, weirdly timed pause between every sentence. And it made the game feel probably lower budget or, or, or less polished than it actually might be. Um, just due, due to this weird programming thing. Sort I of think like, they fixed uh, that. It's similar to listening to a podcast that was recorded over Zoom, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know that there are podcast apps that take out silences. <laughs> so for anyone who does have mm. one of those, you, you know, Ben did a... Ben did a little bit of a comedic pause. Not sure if his comedic timing was perfect with it or not. We can debate that later. But <laughs> you know, the history books will, will sort that out for us. I, while we're talking about that, actually, I want to point out, I know Bendigo isn't a country town. It's a metropolitan whatever. I picked the wrong town. All yeah. right. If you're from Bendigo, hey. It's a big, it's a, big, it's a city. Yeah, it's, a, it's basically it's a, a city. I, I couldn't think of a country it's, place and I, I, I couldn't. It doesn't matter. Move on. Shepparton. Where's uh, that? No one's going to know it. Town. Pick a metropolitan place. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ballarat. <laughs> um, so, yeah, anyway, the, 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 my first hour of playing this game was sort of a bit like, uh, this looked like I would be into it from the trailer, but in execution there are maybe a few too many things lacking for me to fully enjoy it. Because I think at its best, at its smoothest and, and, and most polished, it's still a kind of like meandery chill-out game you know it's definitely something to put a podcast on and just sort of relax to that you don't drive fast there's not a lot of urgency to it it's pretty much just sort of like oh isn't this cool that they made quite a big and detailed and 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 living and breathing city um but uh, yeah i don't know i don't know if it's for me i'll give it another try um but i don't know if i could fully recommend it what i can fully recommend is a really fun game that I've been playing called Help Will Come Tomorrow. So this is an indie game. It's made by, um, and I got to the credits, you know, like eight people, nine people. Um, this is uh, basically a game where you're on a train, sort of, you know, uh, 2D uh, cartoony sort of style. Train crashes in the Siberian wilderness. Uh, it's roguelike in the sense that you have like four people randomly generated and, and assigned to your sort of situation each time you play through it. Um, each of the people is sort of different. They have different personality quirks and alliances. Some of them are very socialist. Some are capitalist. Some are soldiers. Some aren't. Um, you got to balance these personalities with resource collecting, upgrading parts of this camp, and keeping these people alive through uh, winter and and uh, attack. Um, <laughs> the so two seasons. <laughs> yes. <laughs> First comes winter, and then comes the attack. Uh, but the situation is, your train was like ambushed, ambushed by these like you know thugs out in the forest. So basically, the way you play this game is, you have a screen, one screen, camp screen. You got your little people around a campfire, and then there's sort of these stations around the camp of like your little workshop, um, a little shelter, a, a little medical bit. Uh, some barriers to help hide you from people coming. And you can upgrade each of those ones, and they each time you upgrade it, you get more actions. You can, like, heal wounds or care for people, or in the, the workshop you can create tools. The shelter, you can have more beds to keep people warm at night. Each of these things you upgrade with, like, uh, bits of fabric and sticks and sh rocks and shit that you find when you go on little expeditions. Um, so 
and it's also about balancing these people's sort of like action points. Um, so they can like use an action point on upgrading one of the stations. They can use an action point on going an expedition. And it's sort of this loop of like the day you've got this many action points, you've got this much shit to work with. You exhaust it all. You go to the night and you see what happens the next day. Maybe the next day there's a snowstorm. Maybe you've been found. Maybe there's a, another person has like joined the camp. Um, but it's great. It's really fun. It's like a really good way to sort of mindlessly, you know, kill a few hours. Like I've been playing a lot of this game. I'm probably like four or five or six hours into it. And it's sort of this loop. Um, it's a little depressing perhaps given the situation we're in, but it's also like really, really fun and addictive. It's all about judging what you should be spending these people's action points and time on. There's like dialogue options over the night. So you have to make sure they get along with each other. You're not choosing sort of conversations that might create uh, friction between <laughs> people. Um, yeah, uh, it's it's fun. It's really cool. It was like 25 bucks or something on Steam. Um, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. And it's, yeah, it's cool. like this sort of roguelike situation sort of game. But yeah, I'm into it. Help will come tomorrow. I like the idea that at night you can like being in a survival situation like that, working all day to upgrade your shelter and then at night mm -hmm. sitting down and pissing everyone off and going like, so who do we reckon was being a bitch today? <laughs> <laughs> That's like, it's cause it's, so you, you can like uh, build character bonds by having them work on something together, but you can also destroy those bonds by bringing up the wrong topic around the campfire. Like it is genuinely that like, no, it's we, like oh, we don't go on about the war, mate. We're all sick of you talking about the war. And you, you do get to choose sort of some dialogue options within the conversation topics. But yeah, sometimes it's just like, man, you shouldn't have brought that up. Now, there's no way I'm going on an expedition with him. He keeps calling him Drumpf. It's not Drumpf. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, like it's pretty brutal as well. Sometimes it'll just be like, ah, the renegades found you and now game over. So it's right. not sort of like this really long, it's not like Civilization or something like that where you're like, yeah, cool, I'm, I'm playing this game for 20 hours and at the end I've won. It's sort of like, all right, sometimes, you know, you get bad luck. But I am finding the more I play it, the more I'm like, oh, I should have been building up the shelter so they don't freeze to death overnight earlier. <laughs> you know, it's just stuff like that. <laughs> I mean, but who could have known? Right. I know, I know. But like, also, it's like, oh, you can use the fabric that you find not just to create bandages, but you can use it to create warm clothes. Just stuff like that, which you sort of figure out as you make mistakes. But I've oh. been really enjoying it. I, I, I highly recommend it if it sounds like something you'd enjoy. It's very well presented. Um, yeah, it's a great... It's a, I, I don't even know how I heard about it. I think I just saw it on the Steam store. I was like, oh, this could be for me. But yeah, it's cool. Cool. Sounds cool. Um, I haven't got uh, much new to report. I'm still playing Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, I just cleared the train graveyard last night, so I, I feel like I'm kind of I'm into the what the back third, I guess, mm. of it. Maybe you're a little over halfway. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. That. A little over halfway. Yeah. Still loving it. Um, yeah, just doing a lot of uh, um, just, yeah, sinking into that at night and uh, kind of finding it hard to uh, get the enthusiasm to put time into anything else at the moment. Just, r yeah, really loving it, really just enjoying treating it like a bit of a, a bit of a, 
um, good book at the end of a long day. Uh, mm. I did the other day um, fire up the uh, Xbox controller and, and link it up with the laptop and uh, played a bit of Sayonara Wild Hearts for the first time on uh, oh. Apple Arcade. Very uh, very divisive game when we talked about it on the show yep. the first time, but um, yeah, <laughs> I uh, I can I can definitely see the the critique of how simple it is and everything, but yeah, for 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 something to just kind of chuck on and mindlessly kill a bit of time with some very nice aesthetic stuff going on, um, yeah, I really I really enjoyed it. The I, I didn't finish it, but um. The uh, the the chunk of it that I played, I was like, yeah, this is this is fun. This is a bit of mindless fun. I know it's a joke that we make about you that you don't finish games, but not finishing an album <laughs> is really funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I I started listening to the new Strokes album. I got three songs in. Um, really looking forward to checking back in with it at some point. So yeah, I just uh, I just got past their song Train Graveyard, which I think there's. <laughs> <laughs> Five more tracks out of ten to go, but I think I'm about two thirds of the way through. <laughs> I've been finishing a lot. Though. I finished two Resident Evil yeah. games in the space of a week. That's that's big business, you know. That <laughs> is <laughs> sure one of them only went for about four hours, but you know, still, I yeah, saw the credits, yeah. and that's all that matters. Yeah. <laughs> You could you could play some solitaire. Those only go usually for about forty minutes or so. Oh uh, yeah, you could clock yep, a few of yep. those. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think of the music inside our Wild Hearts? Because I feel like if you like the music, you like the game, and if you don't like the music, it's nothing. There's nothing there for you. Yeah. Yeah, I like. Yeah, yeah, I do like the music. Um, I I mostly just played it to test out. Um, using Apple Arcade on this new computer, and then I realized like mm. I'd never done the like linking up a. Um, linking up a controller with, with the laptop or the iPad or anything. So I was like, oh, I'll do that. And I remember when you guys talked about it saying, you definitely play it with a controller. Don't, don't, don't you know, swipe on the screen or whatever. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I really only gave it, I don't know, 15 minutes or whatever, and then I had to get back to what I was doing. But, um, but yeah, the music's, music's great. Music's, um, yeah, music's I, right I up I think my you'll alley. enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, I think you'd you know, yeah. cr- crack a couple of tins. And listen to the album, quote unquote. Listen to the album. I think you'll enjoy the the whole experience. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I might do drugs and <laughs> just put it on. <laughs> I'm gonna do some drugs. I might do. I know drugs. the world's ending. The world's ending. Now's the time to just publicly admit yeah. on a podcast that I take drugs. <laughs> it does sound. It sounds like one of those things like they might have said in the '60s, like some. Kind of a little bit too old, kind of dirty-haired guy before he put a tab of acid mm. in his mouth would have gone like, sayonara, wild hearts. Put it in his fucking <laughs> yes. mouth and yep. then Tune, talk yeah. a bit close to a 14-year-old. Drop out and sayonara, wild hearts. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, you just reminded me of something. I wish I could remember exactly what it was, but a friend of mine did something along those lines a little while ago. Oh, no. And it made me laugh a lot. We were at a we were at a music festival, and they had like a a cap or like a, a a you know some ecstasy, and it was something along the lines of like they put it in their mouth, and as they were doing it, they went, "Arrivederci." <laughs> 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 I hate good. that shit. I hate so that shit. Lame. It's so <laughs> fucking lame. But just the the specific choice of the phrase that they used was sort of got it over the line for me and yeah, made me really sure. enjoy it. <laughs> no, all right. Um, all right. 
We better wrap it up for another week here on uh, Filthy Casuals. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, you can head to filthycasuals.com.au and find the links to all the various different things that we do, uh, links to our social media pages. The show is on Patreon if you would like to support us that way. If you enjoy getting this show for free and you would like to chip in a little money, we would very much appreciate that. We send out a bonus episode once a week where currently we are going through the 1990s year by year, doing a bit of a decade in review, which we did at the start of the year for the 2010s and was very popular. Um, So rather than that show just evolve into a depressing catalogue of what we're filling our days and nights with in isolation, we thought we'd go Mm. back to, um, uh, yeah, do a bit of of nostalgia, a bit of... Revisit the um, uh, 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 movies and music charts and everything. And yeah. if you do, if that, you do that, ever, if you do ever want like podcast advice or anything like that from us, we're kidding around in this. We're helpful people in real life. Yeah, mm. I actually would be happy to give genuine podcasting advice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I also thought it was worth noting that 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 first episode of the 1990 series is 90 minutes long. Um, so if you if you want if you need stuff to listen to, I know a lot of people are like not, you know, having their their daily commute, so they're listening to less stuff. But I think we've found the opposite. A lot of people have been jumping on the Patreon, which has been great. And yeah, we're putting out sort of uh, longer episodes, at least for this series, because there is a fuckload to talk about, and they're really really fun to do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So check all that stuff out. We've got the Let's Plays up on our YouTube channel. Uh, we got heaps of stuff. Filthycasuals.com.au yeah. is the place to find that. Guys, thanks very much for listening. We'll see you next week. And as we say here at the end of every episode of Filthy Casuals... Arrivederci. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.